tonight as we finish finish out our um, God Knows series. I entitled the message, <laughs> just put, there you go, We Needed Him. He knows, God knows we needed Him. Please join me in the word of prayer, and then we'll begin. Um, Father, we thank you for everything that you've done for us this week. We thank you for the songs that prepared our hearts and our minds to meet you in this message that you have ready for us through me, Lord God. We thank you for the testimony of Naomi and how you have taken care of her during um, her time of need. And we thank you for all the blessings that you've given to us. And we ask now, Father God, as, rec as we recognize that nothing happens without your blessing, and uh, we ask for your guidance and your protection and your blessing as you speak to us through this message. Prepare our hearts, open our minds, forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins, and we know that you are in our midst, and Father, we rely on you completely. So be, please be with us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. We needed him. God knows series. Uh, he knows everything. Amen. For the past three weeks, as much as we already know that, we're trying to still dissect that truth and uh, consume it and understand it in our practical lives and our spiritual life, more importantly. And since this is a prayer service and how it applies to us in our prayer life on how we give him our supplication and our request knowing that he already knows, right? So tonight, um, I, again, the title is We Needed Him. We needed him, so why? Because of his love for us. He knows that without him, we will die in our sins. Since he knows that we needed him, he came to us from heaven because we need him. Right? And look, this is, this is the verse, the self-explanatory verse. Verse John, please. There you go. Uh, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We're still in our Lent time, right? Um, so on Friday, um, this is an announcement. Um, if you guys can be here, uh, it will be great. We'll be watching The Passion of the Christ for Friday, which is a, that's a better alternate than me preaching on a good Friday, I think. <laughs> that's your break. Um, but this is the God Knows series, and he knew that we need him, and without him we will be lost. And his reason behind that is because he loves us. Now I, I know it's about his um, omni, him being omniscient, but at the same time, there's no way that you can take out God's love from all His characters. Do you guys reckon the God being all knowing or omniscient? Mean, it means that He knows every single one of us and every single thought that we have had. He knows our worse thoughts. He knows the deepest recesses of our hearts, the ones that we are embarrassed that they even exist, right? But despite that, him, despite him knowing that, 
because of his love for us, he came for us. Because we need him. Because there is no other way for us to be saved. Right? This is why we treasure the cross. This is why we treasure Jesus. This is why we should always treasure grace. Because if there, was, if there were any other way, God would have not came down. Correct? Um, now there's this, um, my illustration here is the Christian love. This is the antithesis of envy. The Christian self-understanding is that she is precious before God. He or she is precious before God. However much a sinner, however much a failure or success, she may be by the standards of worldly comparisons and that every other person he or she meets has the same status. This vision is not only one that levels every distinction by which egos seek glory, seek glory. This vision, when appropriated, is also the ultimate ground of self-confidence. For the message is that God loves me for myself, not for anything I have achieved, not for my beauty or intelligence or righteousness or for any other qualification, but simply in the way that a good mother loves the fruit of her womb. If I can get that into my head or better into my heart, then I won't be grasping desperately, desperately for self-esteem at the expense of others and cutting myself off from, proper, from my proper destiny, which is my spiritual fellowship with God. Does that make sense? You know, there was a, there was a contest in the Philippines. It was called Mr. Pogi. I don't know if you guys remember that. When I, was, when I was younger, this statement from the contest, it was a beauty pageant for men. Uh, and it was done in an afternoon show, which is all people just having fun. So the contestant went up front, and he said, this is the portion where they have to say something about themselves. And the guy said, I'm handsome. And everybody started laughing because my mom said so. Right? And all the more the joke started being more funny. But see, that's how God loves us. If you know that God loves you for who you are, that should secure you from any other thing, correct? That should remove you from your need, from our need or our desperation from being valued by other people. Because most of the time the world will not value us or other people will not value us for what we really think we should be valued or how we should be valued. Because those, race, those things, they raise anxiety, they raise concerns, they, they bring out insecurity. But then us knowing that God who knows everything about us, everything, the ugliest of the ugly, despite that he loves us, that should give us such great comfort. Don't you agree? I know, I, I know it does for me. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 7, this is why I kind of addressed it in our class earlier, uh, Christian Nirvana. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7 reads, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, 
Can you imagine being loved like this? It would change your life. If you will be loved that way. Because you know what? It says in 1 John 4, right? God is love. So everything that Paul described as love, that is God to us. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. You see that? And God does not keep record of wrongs. The truth is this is an accurate description of God's love for us. Though this passage is often read at weddings, humans cannot love perfectly as God does because we are imperfect. But it makes sense that people strive to have their love for one another reflect these qualities. Everyone needs this type of love. But if you expect it from another person, you will be let down. God is the only one who can love you perfectly. And when you have a relationship with God and experience His love, it empowers you to love others the way God loves you. And again, because of our series being God knows, God knows and His omniscient, you have to at least, once you become really honest with that, with that thought, thought, that you are imperfect, don't think about the loving things about you. Be honest. Look, at the, look in the mirror and do a spiritual inventory about yourself and you will see the ugliness of you. And then you say, despite this ugliness, God loves me. You will have a different appreciation of his love for you, which is our goal, our purpose. Our main purpose is always moving you to the next level of appreciation of God's love for you, right? And you will, you will see it at a different level. Next point, in times of trouble and worry, um, God knows that we needed him in times of trouble and worry because it will happen, right? Because in this world, you will have trouble. And, and if there's trouble, we worry. You don't need to be an expert in anything, uh, but we can all be an expert in worrying. Because you don't need to be married to be worried. You could be a student, a single person and a student. You're worried about your grades. You, when you're a parent, you're always worried about your children making the right decisions or wrong decisions. You're worried when you're driving, you're worried about crashing. When you're driving, you're worried about car payment, right? There's, there's always a worry that, that happens. But look at Psalm 36, 5 to 7. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains. Your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love. Oh, God, people take refuge in the shadow of your wings. So God knew and God knows that we will get in trouble. And because of his love for us, he promised that he will be there for us as a shelter to take refuge and be safe in. Have you been, remember for, for us who, well, for, for us who were, grew up in the Philippines and we were commuting, we were in the Philippines, I didn't have a car, so I was walking. And then commuting there is like when you see a jeepney and you stop them and you get in. 
But when there is a when there is a storm or a thunderstorm, you're advised to stay indoors, right? But of course, me not wanting to listen to those advices, I always go out still. Me and my friends will walk, and then when the rain starts getting hard and the wind starts getting harder, we look for shelter. And the shelter does not necessarily take the storms away, the storm away. It just protects you temporarily, protects you from getting wet. But the storm, mind you, is still very much there. Now, God is that shelter for us. Because when trouble hits us, the, the storm is still very much alive. It's still very much there. But when we come to prayer, when we come to prayer because of his love for us, we know that when we pray, we know that he is sheltering us in the middle of that storm. Now, we have probably all been hurt or betrayed by someone that we love at some point in our lives. Maybe you have experienced this more than once. Loving and trusting other people is risky. Once one person hurts you, it becomes harder to open up to others. Now, in contrast, God's love is truly unconditional. He never fails you or betrays you. You do not need to hold back in your relationship with God because He is to totally trustworthy. When you feel let down by people, read these verses in Psalm and remember this. Though people may let you down, God never will. And again, you bring back His character of Him being omniscient. He already knows you need Him. He already knows how much comfort you need. He won't give you too much comfort or less comfort. He will not keep you less safe. He will keep you safe. The, as safe as you need to be. He will give you that. So long as you trust Him. Because He knows better than us. You know when, the, when, when a storm in my life happens, what I want to do, what I want to happen when I pray is for God to make that to just go away. That moment when I say, Lord, help me. If it was a person, if it were a person that was irritating me, Lord, help me. I want it. When I open my eyes, he's gone. <laughs> well, it never happens that way, right? But look on uh, Romans 8, 36 to 37. Oh, Romans 8, verse 35, and then verses 37 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 37, no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, that's God's love for us. It will, all these trouble will not separate us from His love for us. The problem is this. Our love is conditional. Our love for each other is conditional. Our love for God is conditional. But see, the thing is, even if you let go of God, He's not letting go of you. That's the most amazing thing. Because He knows, He knows that we will let Him go. At certain trials, at certain heartbreaks, certain heartaches, certain, certain pain, we will let him go. And he knows that. But despite that, he, will, he never lets us go. He never lets us go. Isn't that amazing? 
maybe not. That's okay. <laughs> no, but, but for me, I think, I really think that there should be a great appreciation of this truth because he knows it. He, he knew many years ago that I was holding my marriage with Anna as hostage. You know, I was holding it hostage and I was telling God, if you're not going to make this work, I'm not going to follow you. If you're not going to make this marriage work, I will not be faithful to you. To a point, I was questioning him. You're, when, when Anna and I are fighting, and it was like an everyday thing before, you know, I would say, Lord, if you can't make this work, what's the point of me following you? But you know, I was wrong. It was, it was completely wrong. Because I was making my obedience to God based on how my marriage was going to work. Because my marriage was the idol. My marriage was the idol. And God will not hold any idols, right? He will not let us have any idols. He will not let us have anyone to be loved before our love for Him. If we want to be His disciples, we must take up our cross daily. We must deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Him. Now, I'm not saying that your cross is your marriage. <laughs> it could be. Because you have to deny yourselves of your selfishness in a marriage. Correct? And if I'm going to be honest, yeah, I just want Anna to do what I say. When I say it and how I say it. But that doesn't work, especially with a Filipino wife. <laughs> Never. And a Latina wife. <laughs> it will not happen, right? It's... Now, knowing the truth... God is more powerful than anything in heaven or on earth. When you accept Jesus' invitation to begin a relationship with God, you are secure in His love forever. There is nothing powerful enough to separate you from God's love, even yourself. Even when things are difficult or you feel free far, or you feel far from God, it is not because God stops loving you. It is because you stop loving Him. The truth is, God will never stop loving you, no matter what you do. Christian, did you hear that? Because that's the truth. God knows it, that you, your love for him is conditional. But despite that, God continues to love you. God continues to love you. Now, there's a, before we get to the next point, there's this uh, bong when he was 18 Bong, when, when he was 18, he well, actually, when he was 8, he went to a church, and he was uh, walking around with the pastor there. They were in the foyer, and he was looking at the plaque with the names of men and women who has died in various wars. Now, Bong asked the pastor, who are these people? Now, the pastor answered, these are members of, uh, from our church who died in service, you know, in the wars. Um, the boy asked, but, but this is his answer, okay? Those are our members from our church who died in service. Then the boy asked, then Bong asked, the morning service or the afternoon service? <laughs> he wanted to make sure. <laughs> then he won't go. And then when Bong, same, same kid grew up, Bong started working on the Holiday Inn. And Bong, you know, he had a lot of relatives in the Philippines. He had, like, nephews and nieces he needed to send to college, you know. And his nephews and nieces started getting pregnant and having kids. So he's, all the more, he worked three jobs as a hotel clerk. 
So there's one day he was really worn out. Um, he went to get some food, and his mom said, Bong, before you eat, please pray. So Bong closed his mind, and he's tired, right? And he's tired. And he goes, good evening, Lord. This is the Holiday Inn. How can I help you? <laughs> What's my point of sharing those verses or those, those jokes? Because um, we think our plans are better than God's. I don't know if it worked. But this is the third point. God knows all things. And God knows we needed him. We need him because his plans are better than ours. Because he knows that we're going to make plans for ourselves. And he knows that our plans for ourselves is going to be wrong. It's not going to be correct. So his plans are better than ours. Now, it's in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. What does, that, what does this mean? Many of us, our plans are this. We will work hard, as hard as we can now. And then when we retire, we will serve God. That's what we say. That's what we plan. Sometimes we sincerely mean it. But see, church, there's an example of that man there, the farmer, that worked hard, Right? He worked hard and he saved so much. And he said, wow, I have saved so much. What do I need to do now? I need to make another barn, right? And then he goes, you know what? Now that I've saved so much, I'm just going to drink, live, and be merry. And then what did God say in that parable? You fool, for tonight I will take your life from you. Who then will enjoy your hard work? The point is this. We make it seem like we know we're going to live until we're 62 or retirement age, 66. We make it seem like, right? We make it seem like that we are, we are guaranteed that we can work hard right now and then serve God, God later. You know, it's never going to happen. Let me just tell you, it, that plan will never happen if right now you're not serving him. It's just like saying, when I become a millionaire, I will tithe to God and I will give him $100,000. I will give that 10% when I get a million. You know, that will never happen if you cannot give your 100 bucks right now to him. 100,000 versus 100 bucks. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. Right? Now, this is God's plan for us. God's plan is that we live for him. The more we grow in our relationship, the less we are with our old life. We have to let go of our old life in order for us to live our new lives for him. Does that make sense? Because your old life was all for you. Your old life was all for you. You have plans. And it was, honestly, as noble as they were, it, were, it was a selfish plan. God was not there. God was secondary. God was third. God was just there to bless it, to make it happen for you. But God was not the first. 
But as you mature in your faith, you will realize that God must be your first. And why can we trust that? Because we have to trust it because God loves us. And he knows better than us. God loves you just as you are. But as he loves you enough to not let you stay the way you are. Do you agree? Aren't you in a relationship or don't you know people that you care, truly care about and you know that you want them to change? Because if they stay the same way, if they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to continue to hurt themselves or they're never going to grow or mature, correct? We know that. We have that. How come all the more God, right? He wants to see you grow and change for the better. He sent Jesus to die for your sins so this would be possible. When you receive God's forgiveness and accept God's help, you can begin to work toward positive and lasting change according to His will. This is another way God acts as a loving parent towards us. Parents love their kids as they are, not just as, the, as they want them to be. One still love their kids. Hold on. Not just as they want them to be one, still love their kids. At the same time, they want to see their children grow, learn, and make good choices in life. Which parent doesn't? Ask every parent in this room. We all want our children to have a good life, to become good people and good parents, hopefully. Good parents love their kids enough to set limits, right? We set limits. Give them guidance and walk beside them through the good and the bad. God does this for us too. Once you choose to begin a relationship with God, you experience his forgiveness first and foremost. This allows you to let go of the negative aspects of your personal history and move toward positive change. You also receive his Holy Spirit who guides you and gives you strength and is present with you every single day. Now, if that is true, and this is true, what does it call for us Christians to do? If we know that God knows all things, if we know that if, despite the fact that He knows all things, yet He still loves us, but His love tells us that we are to change. Yes, Christians, we're saved by grace, not by works. But as we are given life, the gift of life to continue to live for Him, we are to live morally right according to his eyes. We are to let go of our old plans that are not planned by the Lord. Because God hates that. If you read in James, if you read in James when he said, you guys talk that you're going to spend a year there and a year here and to make money here. And he said, what makes you so sure that you will be alive by then? Because God hates, God opposes the proud. And us making plans, that's not according to his will, that's pride. That's us being proud. And God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is why our prayer life will change. This is how our prayer life from being a selfish prayer to becoming a prayer that is connected, truly connected with the Lord. Because then you will say, Lord, whatever your plans are for me, please reveal them to me. Right? It changes from, Lord, here are my plans. Please bless them. It will become, Lord, these are the ideas that I have for my life. I wonder if this fits your plan. Please reveal your plans to me. 
and then help my heart change and my mind change so that I can live your way the, in the way that you want me to. Right? Then you, your, your whole Christian life changes. Your prayer life changes. Your spiritual life changes. And knowing that God knows all things. Now, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, we always say this, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him in this version. And he will make your paths straight. When we say trust in the Lord, but we have a different plan against his plan for us, then we're not trusting him. If we say trust in the Lord, but we know he's being clear, this is what I want you to do. And we're not wanting to do, we're not trusting him. When we say we trust, we commit, correct? The people, uh, Chris and Nirvana, are, right, they're engaged and they're, they're going to be getting married um, in November. Yeah. And they're, they're being, we've been holding uh, a marriage counseling class for them uh, with the book Me and You Forever by Francis Chan and Lisa Chan. And so everything about that study is, is about making your marriage not less important. It's making your marriage less important than your relationship with God. Yeah, some of you will not take that class because it's, it's saying that marriage, at times we make our marriage as, as an idol. But there's trust with both people that are saying, okay, we're going to get married. There's trust there. And with that trust, there's commitment, right? So when we're in a relationship with God, we're doing the same thing. We're trusting him. So when we trust him, we're going to commit ourselves to him. And then when we say he knows better than us, then we have to trust that his plans are better. So hopefully, as we continue to realize and accept and learn that God knows all things, and despite him knowing all things, he still continues to love us unconditionally, we will trust him that he knows better and that we can rely on him for everything. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Thank you for your patience. Father, we thank you for um, your message for us. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, that we're able to pray along with our brothers and sisters side by side, Lord God. I pray, Father, that uh, our hearts and our minds, Lord God, will be changed towards what your will is for us on who you truly are, not what we think you are, but who you truly are. And Father, may, may, may we completely trust you Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we don't trust you and that we make our, our relationship with you conditional based on how you answer our prayers and how you bless us. Father, we pray, Father, that um, uh, you will continue to change us for the better so that we will glorify you with everything that we say and do. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, amen. 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 Let's all rise.